Good day to you. How we looking? From the lakefront to the riverfront, it's the Bill Michael Show. My name is Grant Bills, filling in for Bill today. I think Bill is airborne right now. If if not already landed and in Boston out on the East Coast, I saw pictures he posted this morning on Facebook at, what, 5.30, 6 o'clock in the Milwaukee airport. So if Bill's not on the ground already, he's very close. He started his Thanksgiving holiday. My name is Grant Bills. Just filling in for Bill today, keeping the seat warm and, and talking Packers-Lions. Coming up tomorrow, a lot going on with the Badgers, football and basketball. A lot going on with the Bucks. They play the Celtics tonight, so I'm sure we'll have to discuss that between now and, and 2 o'clock. And even Marquette getting a massive win last night, which is actually where I want to start in just a minute or two. I'd love to take as many calls as possible today because I get bored just talking to myself. That's no fun. 608-321-1670. I'll open up the phone lines here in about 15 minutes if you want to call and be part of the show. I would love to have you, and I would love to talk about whatever you want to talk about. So if we're talking Packers and you're like, hey, I want to talk Greg Gard. Cool. I'd love to have you. I want to talk to as many people as possible today before we go our separate ways for a couple of days, the Thanksgiving holiday. A couple of great guests will join us today. They're all Bill's guests. I feel a little selfish. Uh, Paul Charchian at noon, talk fantasy football, Bill's buddy. He normally joins us on Thursdays, but because Charch is such a solid guy and because he's married to the game to such a degree, he was willing to come on on Wednesday instead. So he's going to join us at noon to talk fantasy football and I think it'll just be fun, good football conversation, even if you're not into fantasy, because the Thanksgiving games tomorrow are not exactly premier matchups. I think all three games have a spread of a touchdown or more. I think the Packers, last time I checked, seven and a half point dogs to Detroit. Uh, the Cowboys, I mean, the Cowboys beat the brakes off of bad teams. It's what they do. I don't think Washington is a terrible team but I don't think they're good, and I think they're teetering right now. I can't imagine that game is close, although it's it's football any given Sunday or any given Thursday in this instance. And then the night game, the Niners go up to Seattle, and a month ago, I would have thought that this game is very compelling. I would have thought, man, this is going to be the, the the 12s under the lights, loud, Geno Smith, the Seahawks, they got something going. But the Seahawks have been trending in the wrong direction, and the Niners have been trending in the right direction. So I don't know if any of these three games tomorrow are going to be Super competitive? Probably one, because that's how the NFL works. But at least we'll be able to talk about fantasy football ramifications, betting ramifications. Maybe if you want to play some bets or watch some some players with different wagers tomorrow while slugging some wine and eating some turkey around friends and family. We'll talk about all that with Paul Charchian at noon. Mark Schofield, SB Nation, always joins us on Wednesdays. He was nice enough to scoot back to 11 so we could have Charch at noon. I'm very thankful for all our guests today and their flexibility. We will also talk to Drew Kelly who's the play-by-play voice of the UWL football team. So a little WIAC football talk, a little D3 football playoff talk. I figured with Bill being gone today, I could reach out to a UWL buddy, and, and Drew's going to join us to, to talk about UWL's big win last week. They now play Aurora coming up this Saturday. So a lot of college football between Michigan, Ohio State, uh, Iowa, Nebraska, which is the annual Ben Kenny Bowl. That's on Friday. Uh, and, of course, Wisconsin-Minnesota for the Axe, and UWL's got a playoff game, so all levels of college football. We'll talk with Drew Kelly, who has been the voice of UWL for a couple of years and chronicled a really, really cool, obviously very successful season. UWL going undefeated in WIAC play this year, so he'll join us at some point as well. I'm on Twitter, at Wisco Grant, if you'd like to tweet along, and again, in about 15 minutes after our first break, we'll open up the phone line, 608-321-1670. Marquette got a big win over Kansas last night. Number one team in the country. 
I watched very little of it. And by that, I mean it was on the TV. I glanced at it maybe once and mostly just read tweets and mostly just looked at the details this morning and what people, people were saying this morning. Now, I am not anti-Marquette in my, in my bones, right? I'm a Badger basketball fan. I always have been. And for a lot of my life, Marquette was just kind of there. And I'm like, oh, well, I hope they do well, too. Why not? They are also a Wisconsin team. Why? What's my quarrel with the Marquette Golden Eagles, you know? But the thing is, over the last couple of years, Marquette fans have gotten so annoying. And it starts, it used to be just on the Saturday where Wisconsin and Marquette play. It used to be just that day where the two fan bases were at each other's necks. And, they, and they, it, was, it was very competitive. It was a big rivalry. But I feel like in recent years, the rivalry has expanded out to where Marquette fans are always punching up at Badgers fans. And I do say punching up because Badger fans in this state greatly outnumber Marquette fans. And let's be real, most Marquette fans are Chicago people, Milwaukee people. And I have nothing against Milwaukee, but I, you know, I'm, I'm more of a from a lakefront to the riverfront type of man. You know, has a Marquette fan driven 53 from Eau Claire to Superior? Has a Marquette fan traveled the Driftless Corner of the state and, and gone through our, our, you know, the Norwegian Hollow Hideaway by Westby and through Viroqua? And has he golfed in the celebrity golf outing with Bill Michaels up in Rice Lake? I don't think so. So I tend to skew towards Badger fandom and the Wisconsin Badgers. And I used to be fine with Marquette, but their fans have gotten so damn annoying the last couple of years. It's been hard to be supportive of both. And Marquette gets a massive win last night. And all the tweets that I see from Wisconsin media people, radio people, TV people, well, Marquette won't get any fair coverage tomorrow on sports radio in this state, sports TV. It'll mostly be Packers, a little bit of Badgers, and, and Marquette won't get fair coverage. I'm looking at these tweets, and it occurred to me this morning, uh, these tweets are absolutely right. And you know what? I'm part of the problem because I'm not going to give them their, their fair coverage because I don't really like them, and Marquette fans bring it on themselves. Uh, happy that Dwayne Wade's hanging around, by the way, though. It's nice to see that now that the program is successful, Dwayne Wade wants to come around. It's like Kareem, you know, every once in a while shows his face in Milwaukee when he's when he's got a book coming out or something, and we forget, you know, how much he spurned the city and spurned the organization on his way out. Oh, Dwayne Wade's back. Oh, team must be winning. Must be November. Uh, <laughs> I wasn't going to talk about Marquette at all today because I knew I wouldn't be able to help myself, but I wanted to bring him up. So there's there's your Marquette talk. There's There's fair coverage for Marquette across the state of Wisconsin uh, on Bill Michaels' statewide show. I want to talk about the Packers to actually start, and I I want to spend most of the first hour talking about Jordan Love and talking about his deep passing and his deep passing accuracy. This is something that Bill has talked about a lot. Bill's brought up that Jordan Love can't throw the ball deep. He's not an accurate deep thrower of the ball, and and we heard out of college, and we heard in the the draft preparation and in his scouting report, got a big arm, big arm, big arm, big arm. But we haven't seen it because he hasn't been completing these deep throws down the field. These bombs, these shots to Christian Watson or these shots to Romeo Dobbs. It's been mostly inaccurate, right? Well, over the last couple of weeks, it's gotten better. And I'm not going to look you in the eye and tell you that Jordan Love is a prolific downfield passer of the football. And I, when I say down the field, 20, 30 plus yards. Not a, not a 15-yard completion or 11-yard completion. I'm talking about deep shots, explosive plays. I'm not going to look you in the eye and tell you that Jordan Love is some prolific down-the-field passer. But his numbers over the last couple of weeks would indicate that he's getting better and that he's actually holding his own relative to the rest of the quarterbacks in the NFL. 
Let me throw some statistics at you. I shared this with Bill yesterday. Jordan Love has 18 completions this season, gaining 30 or more yards. That's most in the NFL. Now, some of those include yards after the catch. Some of them don't. The point is, he's actually been pretty good at creating explosive passing plays down the field. This stat from Jacob Morley, who's 24-7 sports, Pack Report. You might follow him on Twitter. These are deep passing statistics weeks 8 through 11. So the last couple of weeks, last couple of weeks only. Recent, right? On 20-plus yard throws with a minimum of 10 pass attempts. There's 14 eligible quarterbacks that fit within this window. So we are ranking Jordan Love out of 14. So if I say he's 5, I mean he's 5th out of 14. If I say he's 1st, he's 1st out of 14. He has 16 attempts of 20-plus yards down the field. That puts him 6th out of 14 eligible quarterbacks, right about in, in the middle. Right, so pretty pretty on average. He's not throwing way more or way fewer deep balls than, than any other of the eligible quarterbacks in this sample. He's got nine completions on those 16 attempts. That's third best out of 14. That's pretty good. Completion percentage, 60. That's second best out of 14. So he's attempting an average amount of passes deep down the field, but he's completing them at a higher clip than most. And that's you know obviously evidenced in his completions and his completion percentage. He's racked up 283 passing yards of deep uh, on those deep shots. That's third best out of 14. He's got two touchdowns on those attempts. That's third best out of 14. Zero interceptions. He's got a big-time throw rate of, or I guess not a rate, but he has five big-time throws, which is a statistic that Pro Football Focus churns out. Put whatever stock into it that you want. That's basically saying, hey, five of those completions were, it, it was an awesome throw. It was a big-time play. It wasn't just a little dump-off that went for, you know, 30 yards, yards after the catch. Zero turnover-worthy plays and an NFL quarterback rating of 143.8. That's second-best out of 14. So he's got the most explosive plays, the most 30-plus-yard passing plays in the NFL this year, and his numbers for the last couple of weeks put him average at worst to close to the best of the eligible sample in the NFL. What does this mean? Okay, like I said, I'm not going to look you in the eye and tell you that Jordan Love is some prolific down-the-field passer. We've watched enough of Jordan Love this year to know that that's not true. He's still trying to dial in his deep ball accuracy. He's still trying to get on the same page with especially Christian Watson, but also Dobbs and also Wicks and some of the other players that he has attempted deep shots and deep passes to. These stats don't tell me that Jordan Love is all of a sudden becoming an awesome down-the-field passer. These stats tell me that there aren't many quarterbacks in the NFL really lighting it up, throwing the ball down the field. And I mentioned this on my show last night from 4 to 6, the Wisco Sports Show, shameless plug. I started the show by saying, hey, did you watch Monday Night Football? Did you watch Patrick Mahomes try to throw the ball down the field and make some awesome, really accurate, really special throws? One to Marquez Valdez-Scantling that should have been a touchdown. He dropped it. Another to Justin Watson should have been a first down on fourth down. He dropped it. Completing passes deep down the field It's not easy. You got a lot of things that need to go right. You need a good throw, right? You need the wide receiver to make the correct break and make the correct read and take the correct path to the ball. Then you need the wide receiver to track it all the way. And then you need the wide receiver to make the catch, which is evidenced, you know, in the Chiefs game the other night. That that might be the hardest part of of this equation. And Aaron Rodgers knew that playing back with MVS too and in 2019 and in 2020. You could do everything right. And if it just falls through the wide receiver's hands, what are you going to do? Watch the Eagles. Jalen Hurts wasn't a prolific passer. He wasn't an explosive passer way down the field. The one completion he did have, the one to Devontae Smith, which set him up for the go-ahead touchdown, was a little bit of an underthrow. That was far from a perfect throw. The throw was good enough. 
And the read by Devontae Smith was outstanding. He's super naturally talented and gifted as a wide receiver and a receiver of the ball. That's why he won a Heisman. He's tiny. He's not over-physicaling anybody. He's just so good at tracking the ball, reacting to the ball, and then, of course, when the ball gets there, catching it. But that deep shot by Jalen Hurts, which everyone on Twitter is like, dime, oh, what a bomb, what a great throw. It was a pretty good throw, but it could have been better. And that's been the case with a lot of Jordan Love's down-the-field passes as well. I don't say that to compare Jordan Love to Jalen Hurts. And we got in some, some hot and heavy, you know, sticky arguments yesterday on, on the show with Bill when we're like, well, look at Jalen Hurts' numbers. Look at Jordan Love's numbers. I'm, I'm not comparing Love to Hurts. I'm not comparing Love to anybody. I'm looking at the big picture stats of the NFL, the deep passing stats that I shared with you. And I'm using my eye test, my anecdotal experience watching these other games. And the conclusion that I'm drawing is nobody's lighting it up, throwing the ball 30, 40 yards down the field. That is a skill that very few quarterbacks have mastered. And even the quarterbacks that have mastered it still rely on the wide receiver to do the right thing. And as we saw with the Chiefs the other night, you can't always do that, right? It's not always on the quarterback when the deep balls don't fall into place and when they're not received and when they don't rack up big yards and and a high completion percentage and touchdowns. Think of the NFL as a college class. This is something else I, I talked about on my show last night. In college, you might have experienced this. I didn't have a lot of college classes with exams. It was mostly papers and research. Oh, Grant, got a communications degree. That sounds real hard. That's not what we're talking about, okay? My my college structure included very few exams. Uh, but I'm sure anybody, no matter what your, your degree, no matter what your background, your education, we had to take tests at some point. No, tests, exams, you know, whatever. Sometimes in college and, and sometimes in high school even, you know, the, the exam is graded on a curve, Right? So I remember very specifically an example in college. It was my junior year. It was probably one of the the hardest, if not the hardest, college class that I took. Um, And I remember taking a midterm exam, studying decently. Like, I didn't mail it in. Like, I studied a, well, for me, I studied a lot. To a a law student or a med student, this was not studying. You know, throw away 25 minutes, you know, a couple nights before the exam, mostly with friends. We were mostly wasting time. But, you know, we, we were, it was a good old college try. Like, I studied as hard for this exam as I had studied basically for anything. I felt awful about it. I left and I'm like, oh, wow, I did not expect that to be that hard. I did not expect the exam to be that specific. I didn't expect to, to need to know things that were that granular. I mean, I'm, I'm a communications major. Come on, just give me... Just give me a B. I'm happy. You're happy. I graduate. You get to move on to the next class. This is a good system we have here in, in, in degrees like this, right? I love that test. I'm like, that went poorly. Not good. And then I got my grade back. B plus? Huh? I did not. I did not get a B plus on that exam. I, I know. I know that I did not luck into that many correct answers. B plus? Come to learn, it was graded on a curve. Okay. So Jordan Love is getting a B-plus in deep ball passing right now and an explosive playmaking. I don't think that's because Jordan Love is a B-plus student. I think he's probably a C or a C-minus student. But none of the other students in the class, none of the other quarterbacks in the NFL are excelling at a level that, that really separates from Jordan Love. And this is something we need to continuously remember with Jordan Love because we got so used to Aaron Rodgers, we were used to Brett Favre. Right? Don't compare Jordan Love to Aaron Rodgers. Don't compare him to a Hall of Fame quarterback. Right? Compare him to the rest of the league. And the rest of the league is winning with quarterback play that isn't perfect. Jalen Hurts hasn't been perfect this year. Patrick Mahomes has missed throws. He's had bad halves of football. Now, Mahomes is amazing. And I'm not comparing. Again, I'm not. There are very few elite, amazing, perfect, outstanding, explosive quarterbacks right now. It's a lot of teams 
that have quarterbacks that might have an elite skill, might 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 be a great runner, might be great at this, great at that, and offensive coordinators build around that. Jared Goff is a great example. Lamar Jackson is a great example. There are very few Tom Brady's, Aaron, I'd say there's one. There's only one, and it's Patrick Mahomes. The rest of the league is doing what the Packers are trying to do. Take a quarterback that has some imperfections, maybe some elite skills, build the offense around those elite skills, ignore the imperfections, and hope for the best. And the last couple of weeks, if you just hope for the best with Jordan Love, I I think you've been pleased. He's getting better, and I think we're seeing a lot of positives. I don't know what that means for next year, the year beyond, his career long term. But if you compare where we are now to where we were a month ago or a month before that, thumbs up. I'm having a good time watching this guy, and I look forward to games every Sunday, or in the case of tomorrow, Thursday. 608-321-1670. We'll keep talking Packers. I would love to take your calls if you want to talk Bucks or Marquette or the Badgers or any. I'll do it all. We have four hours today. There's no reason to not talk about whatever we want at any given points. The Bill Michael Show. Grant Bill's filling in. I'm on Twitter, at Wisco Grant. Bill Michael Show back in three minutes. This is The Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Everywhere you look, from groceries to utilities to gas, prices keep going up. Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin can dramatically help lower your energy costs year-round by replacing drafty windows and doors in as little as six weeks. And now you can save even more by taking advantage of no interest and no down payment for up to 36 months when you order by November 30th. Bring the love of Wisconsin's outdoors in through the beauty and quality craftsmanship of Pella Windows and Doors. Whether you're updating or upgrading the look and comfort of your home, Pella has extensive lines of customizable options to meet your needs and your budget. Replacing drafty windows and doors can dramatically lower your energy costs. Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin offers some of the most energy efficient windows in the industry. 0% interest and no down payment for up to 36 months when you order by November 30th. Set your free in-home consultation today at PellaWI.com. Bill Michaels Show, how we looking? A lot of great guests coming up today. Our buddy Mark Schofield going to be here in about 40 minutes. Was nice enough to move his weekly appearance to 11 so we could make room for Paul Charchian, who was nice enough to move his Thursday appearance to Wednesday. And know we just have the best guests. Let's be thankful for all our great contributors. Drew Kelly, the voice of UWL football, set to join us at some point as well. A little D3 football talk. WIAC playoffs round two this weekend. UWL gave it to Minnesota Morris last weekend. Not a surprise. Now they host Aurora this Saturday at noon on our lacrosse affiliate, WKTY. So we'll talk with Drew Kelly. Excited to catch up with him and and hear about what's going on in in the Division III world. Badgers-Gophers, actually one of my favorite games of the year, Nebraska-Iowa, the Ben Kenny Bowl. We have the game, Michigan-Ohio State Saturday, Packers-Lions. The Bucs have a massive game against the Celtics. Marquette won a big game last night, for those who care. I'll just keep my Marquette takes to myself. They're not going to be constructive. And if I don't have anything nice to say, I should just say nothing at all. That's what my mom taught me. So I'll, I'll abide by that today with Marquette. 608-321-1670. Let's start with Denny and Holman. Denny, good morning. How are you? How are we looking? Great. Thanks for taking my call, Grant. Yeah, Appreciate of course. It. Yeah, of course. Um, so, you know, there's an old adage that says that's why they played a game. Mm-hmm. And I want to look at the Packer game with that, with uh, – Rose-colored glasses, you know, injuries can be a big part. Like last week, Bulls got hurt. 
you know, for example. And, you know, injuries can go both ways, though. But, I mean, I'm going to, if I see any, you know, like, I'm not going to say 20 to 14 would be a any signs of improvement from what we had before. Hopefully, Carlson will start hitting some PATs. It's starting to get a little bit scary again. That's the thing. I, I think we all expected ups and downs this year, Denny. Um, it, it's been weird. They haven't let him kick a ton because the Packers have been trailing, you know, and, and they haven't been able to score. So they're going for it. So I feel like Carlson, he hasn't kicked a ton of kicks. He's had good kicks. But then when he misses a couple, it feels like such a big deal. Yeah. And then, you know, it's like we all heard what a big leg he has. What a big leg he has. Well, guess what? We haven't seen the big leg yet. Yeah. I, don't know. I hope he gets some opportunities to kick and, and to get right. I think if you look at the, the season on a whole with Anders Carlson, and if we've been calling him Daniel Carlson, I do that all the time. So the, the Carlson, I should just call him Durs, Durs Carlson, like in Workaholics. But I think see, season-wide he's been okay. If you focus in on the last two weeks, not so much. So now I want to see a couple good weeks. Just like with Jordan Love, right? We can't really approach them right. too differently. Oh, no, Denny. Oh, Denny. Denny, I'm losing you. Sorry, Denny. Well, I know we'll talk again later, Denny, if not later on in the show and you have better reception than tonight from 4 to 6. Uh, I appreciate you, Denny. And have a happy Thanksgiving if I don't talk to you. The Andres Carlson thing is something we haven't talked a ton about. You know, missing some extra points. He made Sunday uh, a lot probably more interesting than it than it needed to be. But Bill said this week, you know, Jordan Love can't play his whole season at once. So, so we can't expect to see everything that we want to see in one game. The same is true of Andres Carlson. I know he's a kicker, and we haven't really spent that much time talking about this year, which is fine. He's missed some kicks, but we have not led the Bill Michaels show with Anders Carlson and his struggles. As long as we're not doing that, as long as he doesn't get really bad, I'm mostly fine with it as as a rookie and in a rebuilding year. Let's go line two. Cone Roller is here, 608-321-1670. Good morning, Cone. How are you? Grant, how are we looking? I'm looking great. Uh, it's great to be on from the lakefront to the riverfront. I very much enjoy... Uh, hosting at this time and having a little bit more time. My show's only two hours, so four hours. A little more time to breathe and, and be patient with the way we discuss things. I like that. It's like a good, uh, you know, Thanksgiving stew. You got to let all the flavors, all the characters, you know, dance in the stew. You get four yeah. hours versus two, it's going to be a lot better tasting. Yeah, and you can leave the food. What I love about Thanksgiving, just leave the food out for an hour or two. I'll go get a plate, eat it, catch my breath, have a drink of wine, maybe go back up and get some more mashed potato. Like, we don't need to be in a rush. So, yeah, I got a question for you about Thanksgiving etiquette. You know, the Packers game starts at 1130 tomorrow. You know, second half is kind of going to line up right when people are sitting down for dinner. Are you a household that has the game on in the background? Do you delay Thanksgiving or how how does it handle in the build household? Well, I think we traditionally have eaten at one. People start to come around at well, and this year it'll be a little different because the Packers play at eleven. But I I think people at, in my household come around eleven. You know, help prepare some of the food. You know, maybe bring some appetizers. But we're early on in the day. We do a a late lunch, a very early dinner. So I think the Packers will definitely be on. Yeah. Okay, that's good to know. Yeah, I didn't know if it's rude to have football on while no. you know, the family's sitting down I don't think so I don't think so we uh, have all day now that when the Packer game is done we have all day to sit around and, and catch up we're never in a rush on Thanksgiving yeah I, I don't think the Packers really have a chance in this game just with the way the injuries are shaken out it sounds like Musgraves might be out for the the year with a what lacerated kidney yeah um 
just sounds extremely painful. Um, but what I want to see out of this Packers team is a competitive effort. The last game against the Lions was horrible. Yeah. They came out and just laid down for the Lions. So, you know, I want to see them fighting a little bit. Uh, I don't expect them to win, but just put up a competitive effort and, you know, maybe some some of our rookies look good and, you know, you take that into Kansas City. Yeah, and I'm I'm with you. If this game is competitive, I will be happy. And one player that I can circle, and I don't want to put too much pressure on any one individual cone, but, man, if Christian Watson, in the absence of Musgrave and Wicks, we assume this week, could step up and, and really have his, his first great game of the year, be a hell of a time for it. I, I would certainly like to see that. Amen. Amen. Well, have a great Thanksgiving, Cone. I appreciate the call. Yeah, thanks, Grant. Thankful for you and thankful for the the Bill Michaels Network and all the callers. Uh, have a good one. Thankful for everybody. Yeah, have a have a great and happy Thanksgiving. You and yours, Cone Roller, to the whole Roller family. <laughs> Cone is a uh, Cone was quite the presence on Twitter during the Marquette game. Again, I barely watched the Marquette game. I read all the tweets. I, I felt like I I got the experience that I needed to. Shaka Smart. Again. I don't have anything nice to say about Marquette, so I will just say nothing at all. That won't be true. I'll take passing shots at Marquette throughout the show, but I will, I will actively try the best I can to just say nothing at all because I don't have anything nice to say. Let's take one more call, and then we'll go to break. 608-321-1670. Bill Michaels Show. Who's this? Hey, Grant. It's your favorite Texan in lacrosse, Mike Byers. Mike, our Wiss Texan. How are you today? Good, good. I'm just cruising down the river road here. Of course, oh. crazy. Oh still working this morning uh, easily I'll I'll say um <clears throat> comment or question and then and then a comment on buck yeah. um your is pretty interesting take on the numbers behind Jordan Love and the deep ball um who but what was the sample size that that you said out of 14 is that out of 14, like, newer, younger quarterbacks? So, I don't know who the 14 are. I suppose I could I could look into it. Um, but it's deep passing, weeks 8 through 11, 20-plus uh, yard throws with a minimum of 10 pass attempts. So, I don't know who those 14 eligible quarterbacks are. I, I don't think that Mahomes and Burrow and Allen are all left out of the sample. I'm sure it's a good mix of of young and old and good and, and average. I think it's probably a representative sample. Could be wrong, but you're correct. I don't know the quarterbacks. But eight, week, only weeks, what is that, 8, 9, 10, 11? So, only the yep. last four weeks. Yeah. Inclusive. Okay. Okay. Kind of interesting. Certainly doesn't pass the eye test. You it know, doesn't. A lot of fans and Back to your point, you know, it's like on a uh, relative basis versus an absolute basis or, or a good analogy on grading on a curve. Um, he, he's more like a C- minus on an absolute basis at this point. But all that being said, the last two weeks, my eye test says they've played a little better. So hopefully uh, we'll have a strong game against Detroit. Don't know if we'll win, but I don't know. I think it's, it's possible. I don't think they'll get blown out. I think it'll be a good game. I have no problem if they lose by 10, 14 points. That's fine, but I don't want to see what happened last time, which is, you know, they're down 17 to nothing, 24 to 3, and and the game is kind of effectively over. You know what? Like, I, I want some honest-to-goodness back-and-forth possessions where the game is is not out of hand. Like, I want this to be a football game, and with all their injuries, like, they're definitely going to be up against it, against a very physical team. Just Just keep it close. Be competitive. Continue to trend in the right direction. If they do that, I'll be happy. Yeah, agree, agree. Mm. Um, now the Bucks 
face a big game tonight. They do. <laughs> uh, or face a big foe in a big game tonight with the Celtics. Now that we're, what, about 14 games or 13 games that they played into the season and this up and down of big losses, close wins, now a little better wins, do we feel like they've settled out? Is this going to be kind of the first, quote-unquote, real test going into the middle of the, the, the long middle of the season? I think so. Um, this is going to be an odd game in that Jason Tatum's questionable right now. I just saw this morning with an illness, so maybe he's under the weather. Jay Crowder isn't going to play either, and, and don't get me wrong, Jay Crowder's not a star, but the Bucks are without Jay Crowder, and they're without Marjan Bochamp, and those are kind of the the de facto wing defenders on this team. And those are guys that are going to be very important, very necessary for defending a team like Boston. Boston doesn't have a dynamic, small, shifty, fast point guard like Trey Young or, interestingly enough, like Damian Lillard. They get a lot of their scoring from the wing. And Derek White can pour it in too. And maybe, you know, that'll be the Bucks' weakness tonight. Maybe Derek White cooks. Maybe he goes off because the Bucks really don't have anyone to check uh, a player like that other than maybe Andre Jackson Jr. This game tonight will be a great test and a great matchup and a great early season measuring stick for where the Bucks stand, especially after what are they won five or six in a row now. It will not be fully representative because the Bucks really don't have, uh, they really don't have any wing defenders other than Jay Crowder and Marjan Bochamp, and both of those guys are hurt right now. Uh, Mike, I, I appreciate the call. Enjoy your drive down to Prairie du Chien. It's one of the prettiest drives in Wisconsin from Lacrosse down to PDC on the Great River Road. Uh, during the pandemic, me and a buddy would just do that drive sometimes. There's nothing better to do. We weren't going to the bars, weren't doing anything. You know, it's like, hey, do you want to get some coffee and drive down to Prairie du Chien and, like, go to the Cabela's? I'm like, yeah, sure, why not? Taking the <laughs> taking the Great River Road. So I am I am jealous of you and the cruise that you're getting this morning, Mike. Enjoy it and have a great Thanksgiving. Let's take a five-minute break. We'll come back. We can continue talking about the Packers. Again, Mark Schofield, SB Nation, set to join us in a little bit less than a half hour. We'll not only talk Packers with Mark, but the league as a whole, he's out on the East Coast. I especially want to ask him about the Jets and the Giants, uh, both of those teams having very disappointing seasons. The Jets, a little bit more interesting. We'll talk about some of the other games over the Thanksgiving weekend as well. It's the Bill Michaels Show, and we're back in five minutes. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michaels Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Bill Michaels Show. My name is Grant Bills. Filling in for Bill today. He's out on the East Coast. And I do not envy Bill today. I'm, of course, jealous that he's not working and he's starting his Thanksgiving holiday and he's, he's going out to visit family. But he had to hit the airport at the crack of dawn. He was posting pictures from the airport this morning on Facebook. And I don't even know what time. It, well, when I looked at the pictures this morning, I wasn't even awake yet. I, I, I don't know. Uh, long before I was awake. Uh, so I don't envy that, and I also don't envy that Bill's going to be without Quick Trip now for a couple of days. He runs Quick Trip, great sponsors of the program. I stopped at Quick Trip on the way in this morning uh, because I knew I would need a little extra, little extra to do Bill's show and, uh, and my show today. So I stopped, got a little little energy drink for some little, little zing and pep, and I got some lunch for later and I threw in the fridge. So thanks to our friends at Quick Trip. And when I go to visit my family starting tonight, uh, well, I will not be traveling somewhere exotic and 
fancy, like Boston, like the East Coast. I'll just be going up 94 a couple of hours, but I am happy that I will have Quick Trip uh, there to guide me on my journey for whatever I need, whether it's gas or food or one of the take-home meals, which I actually had for dinner la last night. This is a week, I haven't bought any groceries this week because starting tonight, I'm going to be gone and I won't be home until Sunday. I'm not going to buy groceries just for that, so I have been, uh, I've been living off Quick Trip, our friends at Quick Trip this week. Great sponsors of the program. I was going to bring up the Jets and Aaron Rodgers at some point today because, as I discussed with our caller, Cone Roller, a couple minutes ago, you know, you have a four-hour show. You have more time to, to kind of mess around with this topic and that topic where my show in, in the evening from four to six, I got two hours. And if there's a guest, pfft, like, forget it. I basically get to talk about one topic, take some calls, talk to the guest, and we're out of there. It's, it's six o'clock. But with a four-hour show, you, know, you talk about some of these interesting little side stories and, and side quests Aaron Rodgers, according to Jay Glazer, and we talked about this with Bill yesterday in Buy or Sell, is targeting a, a return to practice early December, like the first couple of days of December, reportedly sent the Jets a workout video and they were blown away, which is a, a, it's a funny leak because the comment, they were blown away, is coming from the Rodgers. It's, it's not like the Jets told Jay Glazer, holy ball, like we got to look at this guy and it's unbelievable. Like, no, Aaron Rodgers' camp is saying, we sent him a video and trust me, they were floored it's like well, where they act are you speaking on their behalf it's all very bizarre when you consider a 40 year old quarterback trying to come back from an achilles tear in the middle of a season to play behind that offensive line for a team that's not winning the jets are a fascinating story right now i'm gonna i'm excited we're gonna talk with mark schofield sb nation coming up in about 15 minutes i can't wait to ask him about both of his new york teams the jets and the giants but now tim boyle is stepping in he will be starting on friday which, poor Al Michaels and Amazon. They can't catch a break. I don't feel bad for Amazon. You know, Amazon rakes in money. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not envying or, or feeling bad for a company. I'm just saying that they added flex scheduling in this year. They're trying to get some better matchups. They finally get a good matchup last week. Bengals, Ravens, and Joe Burrow gets hurt. And Mark Andrews gets hurt. And it's like, oh, God, some of these Amazon games, they, they can't catch a break. This Friday, Amazon basically invented a new day for football. We're going to put a game on Black Friday, which... I could take relief. I, I do think there is such a thing as too much football. I don't need it on every day. There's college football. We got Iowa-Nebraska on Friday. I don't need an NFL game, but God bless Amazon. They, they fought to get a game on Friday. They got a game on Friday, and now they're being rewarded with a start from Tim Boyle, and apparently Trevor Simeon will be the backup. Here's a quote that I found over the last commercial break. This is per Zach Rosenblatt, who covers the Jets for The Athletic. He looks like... The New York version of Matt Schneidman, and I think Matt Schneidman's from New I know he went to Cuse. I think he's from New York originally. But Zach Bro Rosenblatt, I'm looking at his picture. He looks just like another variant of, of Matt Schneidman. He looks like a, like, a, like, a different, like a different version. Just try to get, paint the picture. Here's his quote from Nathaniel Hackett. Are you ready? I'm just going to read it to you verbatim. Quote, when it comes to stats, there's so many different ways to look at the numbers. Good, bad. There are people throughout this league that have been very, very good. There are those that are not as good. That fluctuates. There are so many things that change. That's why this game is great. So many things that change. Personnel, situations, so many things. Unquote. <laughs> I want to know. I really want to know what question he was answering when he said that. Because that's, that's a whole lot of that. That's a presidential debate response right there. Uh, uh, Senator. Uh, Ms. Madam Vice President, what would you say to, uh, to this issue going on in the Middle East? Well, it's an issue that we take very seriously. 
Very serious. And, and that's the thing about global relations is, is some situations are serious. Some are not serious at all. And these situations are always changing. And that's the challenge, right? One day it's this, the next day it's that. Always changing. You know, and in my presidential campaign and in my eventual presidency, my responses to such crises as this will be robust in nature and, and quick in timing. And that's the thing about responses is sometimes you want to respond quickly. Sometimes it's, it's best to respond not at all. But as a president, I guarantee you that one way or another, through activity or passivity, I will respond. It's like, what are we, what is, what am I listening to? Like I, if you're not into politics and I'm not really into politics, like one of my favorite shows is Veep. And the way that these people in these positions just say things, just, it's just word diarrhea. And I understand that this coming from me is ironic because I, I talk for hours a day on the radio. So if anyone just talks to talk, it's me. Trust. I understand that I'm in the glass house. I'm not trying to throw stones here. But this quote from Nathaniel Hackett is 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 a mess. And it's emblematic of exactly what's gone on in, in New York since Aaron Rodgers got there. And I have not gone out of my way to poke fun at the situation that Aaron Rodgers has now found himself in, to blame him for the situation that the Jets have now found themselves in. I, I, for the most part, have left well enough alone this year with the Jets, but it's gotten to the point now where this story is so interesting, and it's got me raising my eyebrow to such a degree. I I have to talk about it. Because I, I get where the Jets are coming from. I understand how the Jets and why the Jets built this team the way that they did. I totally get it. I understand trading for Aaron Rodgers. You essentially got him for a first round pick swap in two seconds. And I know there was like a weird fourth and fifth round thing, but it's not like they gave up three first round picks. I don't know that they, like they didn't even give up a first round pick at all. They they were probably going to if Aaron Rodgers remained healthy, but they didn't. I mean, it's a second round pick. It's not like they they gave up the keys to their their franchise, a bunch of first round picks and, and Woody Johnson's firstborn son. They They didn't give up that much relative to other quarterback trades. And, and when a team like the Jets has been mired in in not just uh n- not just being mid, I mean they've been awful. They've been terrible. They have made the playoffs in in over a decade now, I believe. They have this great roster, great wide receiver in Garrett Wilson, great defense, great running game, like the coach, and you have an opportunity to go to Aaron Rodgers. I get it. And if that means giving a contract you don't really love to Alan Lazard, whatever. A lot of free agency contracts aren't perfect. A lot of execs need to give up a little bit more money or an extra year where they don't want to. If that means getting Aaron Rodgers, okay, sign the bones of Randall Cobb. Who cares? It's like having Thanasis on the bench. It it might just pay off for you here and there, and it ensures that you got your superstar, Aaron Rodgers. And Nathaniel Hackett's shown that he can be a fine offensive coordinator, get some good position coaches around him, get him in a room with Aaron Rodgers. It'll probably work. I understand it. I get why the Jets built this team this way. However, that Monday night that Aaron Rodgers got hurt, I, I, I completely jump off understanding the Jets. I completely, at that point, I split. I don't understand. I don't, I don't get why the Jets have operated the way that they've operated since Aaron Rodgers' injury. The week that Aaron Rodgers got hurt, they should have been making calls. Josh Dobbs, Carson Wentz. I, I, I mean, Ch- Case Keenum, Ch- those types. We've seen a Case Keenum take a team on a playoff run. Right, You might be thinking, well, Grant, who are the Jets really going to go get that, that can actually give them the chance? Anyone. 
anyone other than Zach Wilson because I know Zach Wilson won't give them a chance. The players on that team know that Zach Wilson won't give them a chance. The fans of that team know that Zach Wilson doesn't give them a chance. And most of the coaches know that Zach Wilson won't give them a chance because we saw it last year. And it's not that just he didn't play well. He, he wasn't connecting with his teammates. He wasn't amicable in, in public appearances to the media and on the field. None of it was going to work. None of it was good, and we knew that. The week that Aaron Rodgers got hurt, they should have been making calls. Even if they wanted to wait two weeks, fine. If they wanted to wait, but at some point they needed to make a call. The Rams went to get Carson Wentz. The Vikings, who their season couldn't have started any worse, they went out and get Josh Dobbs. I don't think they thought they were contending for a Super Bowl anyways. They took a step back this year, but when they lost Carson Wentz or or Kirk Cousins, they said, we're not going to do this to the rest of our roster. We're not going to do this to our fans. We're going to go get another quarterback. And the Jets didn't. I don't think that Joe Douglas is an amazing GM, and I don't think Robert Sala is an amazing coach, and I don't think that Woody Johnson is the best owner in football, but I'm pretty sure that they're not all idiots, and they would have to be idiots to think that Zach Wilson was the best course of action throughout the rest of the year, and I refuse to believe that they're that dumb. So Aaron Rodgers has to have a role in this. He absolutely has to. He absolutely, at some point, has reached out to the organization, to the coaches, and the GM and said, don't. Do not trade for someone else. I'm coming back. Zach, I've worked with Zach Wilson, ride it out with Zach Wilson, ride it out with my guy, Tim Boyle, who's probably less deserving, way less uh, deserving to be an NFL quarterback than Zach Wilson is, and Zach Wilson's horrible. The Jets are not this dumb. This has turned into an absolute circus, and I'm excited. Mark Schofield, again, joining us at 11. I'm excited to to pick his brain on this because he's out there in New York, and, and we talk about there's some great national football stories with with Mark. I'm excited to have him and, and pick his brain on this. But what's going on in New York? I mean, I, I, I'm a Packers fan. I've watched Rodgers for years, and I've seen some of the weird, odd things that have happened as a result of Aaron Rodgers having power and having influence. I, I don't know that I even could have predicted or even could have theorized that something like this could happen. Wild, 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 wild. Very entertaining. I don't bring this up just to... To drag Aaron Rodgers, I, although I, I think he plays a role in this and deserves to be criticized a little bit, but it's not my team. Wisconsin sports show. But th- this is one of the more interesting stories in the NFL right now. Let's take our final three-minute break of the hour. It's the Bill Michaels Show. My name is Grant Bills on Twitter, at Wisco Grant. A lot more of the Bill Michaels Show coming up next. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michaels Show. On the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Everywhere you look, from groceries to utilities to gas, prices keep going up. Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin can dramatically help lower your energy costs year-round by replacing drafty windows and doors in as little as six weeks. And now you can save even more by taking advantage of no interest and no down payment for up to 36 months when you order by November 30th. Bring the love of Wisconsin's outdoors in through the beauty and quality craftsmanship of Pella Windows and Doors. Whether you're updating or upgrading the look and comfort of your home, Pella has extensive lines of customizable options to meet your needs and your budget. Replacing drafty windows and doors can dramatically lower your energy costs. Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin offers some of the most energy efficient windows in the industry. 0% interest and no down payment for up to 36 months when you order by November 30th. Set your free in-home consultation today at PellaWI.com. Bill Michaels show. Grant Bills in for Bill Michaels. I'm Grant Bills. I said that in a 
personal way. I'm on Twitter, at Wisco Grant. Just talking a little bit about what's going on with Aaron Rodgers and the Jets, because it's interesting. Not because Aaron Rodgers is on our team anymore. Not because it really matters to us, but we spend four hours a day talking about the Packers. The Jets are in a fascinating situation where I don't think Aaron Rodgers would let him go get another quarterback. I, I, I don't think that Robert Sala and Joe Douglas and Woody Johnson are that dumb and that thick-headed to think, no, Zach, this is the year Zach Wilson will actually, he'll, he'll get it together this year. I saw a rant yesterday from Sheil Kapadia, who does some stuff from the, the Ringer. I saw it on Twitter. Um, and he's ranting. It's like, Jets fans should be furious. Jets players should be furious that they wasted a season like this, that they wasted everybody's time. They wasted so many of these players' valuable short careers on throwing away a season this year. So we'll talk about that. Mark Schofield, SB Nation, going to join us in just a couple minutes to talk about some national NFL stories, not just the Packers. And the Packers play tomorrow as part of the Thanksgiving slate. We'll certainly talk about that with Mark. A, a funny national, quote-unquote, football story that I saw over over uh, over the break on Twitter. In an interview for Real Sports HBO, which I read about this, and I guess the access was just unprecedented how much stuff Jim Irsay said. Colts owner Jim Irsay blamed his 2014 DUI arrest on police prejudice against white billionaires. Quote, I am prejudiced against because I'm a rich white billionaire. <laughs> I have no problem with rich people. I have a little bit of a problem with really, really rich people who can't read the room, which is a lot of really, really rich people because they've been insulated and they've been rich. They forget like how they come across and how most normal Jimmy's and Joe's like you and me live. I'm not sure that I like Jim Irsay, and it's not because of his money. It's because he's weird and because he can't read a room, and I think he's a net negative to his team, and I also am kind of spiritually opposed to what he does with music. I, I don't know if you know this about Jim Irsay. I was talking with Denny and Holman off the air a couple segments ago, Denny was telling me about how he's a musician and he's played guitar forever. Jim Ursay has like his own band, but he's also a, a guitar collector. So he owns, and this could have changed, but last time I was reading about it, he owns Jerry Garcia's Tiger. He owns the Pink Floyd Black Strat. I think he owns one of the Beatles acoustic guitar. Like that's just, gr that's gross to me. I don't like, I don't like that. I don't like Jim Ursay. And it has nothing to do with the fact that, what was his quote again? <laughs> because he's a rich white billionaire. First of all, rich and billionaire, it's kind of the Department of Redundancies department. If you know what I mean. Let's take a two-minute break, get an update from our guy Zach Heilprin. Mark Schofield, SB Nation, joins us next on The Bill Michaels Show.